Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins podcast. Today we are continuing our regular coverage of the Premier League. So, where best to start lads than Manchester United against Arsenal. Arsenal take another step towards the title um, with a dominant display against <coughs> Manchester United. Um, completely overrun United. Um, they took 25 shots within the game, had an XG of 3.2, that's the most they've had this season. Uh, some standout performers, Granit Xhaka, Odegaard, especially Saka, um, Alexander Zinchenko at, at left-back. And of course Nketiah. And Nketiah as well, of course. Arsenal with 63 touches in the Manchester United box. Compare this to Manchester United, who only had 12 in the Arsenal box, so... Bit, bit of chalk and cheese there, yeah. really. So I think we'll start with the Arsenal perspective then, Oren. Obviously, this is just another three points. A big statement against a team that were in form like Manchester United. Mm. So where does this leave Arsenal now in terms of, of their title aspirations? Have to be favourites. They definitely have to be favourites. They're five points clear with game in hand. Um, look, still two big tests to come in, in, the, in the form of Manchester City in the next few weeks. Um, City obviously picked up their form there yesterday with with a, a large margin victory that we'll talk about later on um, a few players for City coming back into form which isn't going to be great for Arsenal but look, coming into the game I fully expected Manchester United to come out with a victory uh, I didn't think Arsenal would have been much up to it I didn't think they would put as much of a fight up as, as they, clearly, they clearly showed, especially with the likes of Gabriel Jesus and that injured um, but yeah, no Eddie Nketiah has proven me wrong. I didn't think he would have been fit to lace Gabriel Jesus' boots whenever he got injured. Um, but he's, he's, scoring, he's scoring a lot of goals. Scored two yesterday, including that vital one in the 90th minute. And that was the difference between Arsenal and Manchester United yesterday. Arsenal seemed fresher, they seemed fitter, they seemed more up for it. And of course having their home crowd behind them, which was exceptional by the way. The, the, the crowd yesterday and the support for Arsenal was ridiculous. Um, yeah, I know they're, they're definitely favourites for the title now. Yeah. Owen, on just on Nketiah, um, obviously great, great central, for, good centre forward performance from them last night. He's really sort of taken up the burden since Gabriel Jesus has been injured. Out of his 37 um, goals in senior professional football, 20 of them have come from inside the box. That's working out at a ratio of 54% of his goals come from inside the box. He's a very good poacher, isn't he? Yeah, well, even you seen it last night, especially the winner. Like the first goal was a great work, great movement in the box to lose his man and pretty easy finish in the end for him but the third goal just to have the awareness to, to have the reaction time just to get a touch on the ball to divert it into the net because it might have been going in from Odegaard anyway it might have been going wide I'm not too sure but in Kelly I made sure it was going in the net I thought Arsenal would struggle a wee bit when Jesus got injured just because they didn't seem to have that out and out striker I thought they needed to go and get one in January but in Kelly has proven that he's more than capable of stepping up for Arsenal this is this is a tough period in the season. <laughs> they play like they're playing like Newcastle, Brighton, United, Tottenham, now the City again coming up. So like th- these like f- game five game run could have been is the would have been the make or break of a title challenge. And so far they've come for pretty much unscathed. Just the drift Newcastle, but or not they've won, they beat Brighton, Newcastle, and, and United, which are three quality teams in the Premier League. Like, Arsenal fully deserved to win yesterday. They're the better team. United similar to what they did against Palace during the week when they scored especially the second they stopped yeah. completely stopped and just invited Arsenal on and on and on again Like for the last 15 minutes it was an onslaught from Arsenal mm-hmm. United couldn't get the ball away at all I thought United's full backs were very poor I thought uh, especially Luke Shaw just gave Saka the freedom of the Emirates 
he kept backing off and backing off and like he scored a great goal Saka from Shaw backing off the lightning whipped in and about 10 minutes later he done the exact same thing when he had uh, Erickson got a slight touch to the vert on the post it would have been 3-2 a lot earlier I think uh, United missed Casemiro mm-hmm. and that was big because it allowed Jacka and Party to run the midfield and just United just didn't show as much fight as you'd think like players like Lechie Martinez and stuff who you think these players are the players who show the passion and try and drive United on just didn't seem themselves yesterday really I don't know if it was it nearly deferred to performance kind of before I think Martinez didn't I thought he was good show the passion I for United was, I thought he was one of the, be- the better players for United yesterday I think he was poor defensively he gave the ball away a lot Lissandro Martinez yeah no I think uh, no nah, I don't think I thought he played well to be honest I thought he was one of United's better performers scored a goal like, I know he got the goal in defensively fair, like, finish, even there's a few times where Arsenal were in and he got the last his tackle I thought he actually played alright to be honest I think he gave the ball away a lot but in general, it seemed like a performance United from earlier in Ten Hag's reign, not really a performance that they've been doing the last couple of weeks. Like They did just sit in and invite Arsenal all over and over again to come at them, and that was never going to be a successful strategy at the Emirates with the crowd behind them and the form Arsenal's been in in the minute. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, Connor, uh, Bukayo Saka uh, scored now in three consecutive games um, against Manchester United um, since the 2021-2022 season. Um these are the list then um, of players with the most goal involvements in the Premier League. So Salah with 47, Kane with 42, De Bruyne with 37, Son with 36, Tony with 33 and Saka with 32. He does really rank among the top level of Premier League players and, and his form is just showing that at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Um, I thought, obviously, he destroyed Luke Shaw yesterday and I thought they had to bring Fred on to double him up. I think he's that good at the minute. You have to double him. Mm-hmm. You need somebody in there to help because Luke Shaw was back it off him because he knew he just had that pace on him. Uh, the goal was unbelievable. Um, as you were saying, he's, he's contributed so much to Arsenal this season. He had more touches in the United box than the United had against Arsenal in the whole game, which is just crazy. Um, it was an unbelievable finish as well, and as Owen said, he could have even had another one. Uh, and I thought Arsenal just like dominated the game, especially in midfield. United couldn't get a hold of the ball. They kept giving the ball away. I thought it was more like, yeah, Shaw and Wan-Bissaka, De Gea, give away a lot of ball. Um, and it was just an onslaught. Uh, Martin Alley on the other side played okay as well. And then Nketi was superb as well. I didn't think he would be this good. Uh, he actually is more like a clinical finisher than Jesus was. Jesus is probably better all-round game, but Nketi is clinical. Like, if he gets a chance, he'll get a goal. And he always seems to be in the right area. His header was a great goal. And then even, like, the missed cute shot, he was in the right area, gets the goal. But more of a poacher, mm-hmm. um, as you I think uh, seen there, or maybe you said just like a lot of his goals seem to be in the six yard box. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what his job is. And Arsenal lead that. They need a striker is going to get them goals. And that like Saka is definitely one of the star performers this year in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I completely agreed. I, I think Arsenal have taken a big step now towards the title. Um, <coughs> they, they were look. I, I agree with a lot of with what you said there, Owen. I, I do think they were exceptionally strong last night. Um, they did sort of. Uh, play a Man United about quite a bit, um, but look, I, for me, you know, on the Man United side of things, the, the United just missed Casemiro so much last night. Um, yeah. It's it just goes to show when he's not in the team just how little we control the game in the midfield area. Erickson shite last night, shite, but he was shite because Casemiro wasn't playing. He didn't he didn't have protection behind him. Yeah. He couldn't really 
get on the ball and, and try and dictate as much. I didn't think Bruno was great either, to be honest. I thought out, out of the three midfielders yesterday, Bruno was probably the, the best, but... I mean, they were all shite, to be honest. So There's some difference in McTominay and Casemiro. Oh, like, geez. even on the ball, Casemiro get on the ball, play a pass. McTominay just can't do that. No. He, McTominay probably played okay, like, defensively was okay, but he just can't get on the mm. ball and give them forward passes like Casemiro can. Yeah. Um, look, uh, Oren, on, on the on the Manchester United side of things, then, um, Rashford has scored yet another goal. Um, interesting thought about Rashford. So, he has scored as many goals in his last competitive games um, for Man United. Um, so that's uh, he has ten goals from thirty-one shots, as he has done in his previous forty-seven appearances, where he had ten goals from eighty-two shots. So it just goes to show you that that upturn in form with Rashford, the goal he scored, phenomenal. You know, really took it in a stride and just let one go. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny when we were watching the game last night, um, I did think possibly a better goalkeeper. Does better in that scenario. I thought. I look. I'll I, say. I agreed I, with you when I watched it. Like, look. I, I'll say one thing about Ramsdale. His distribution is absolutely excellent. But I don't think he's as good a shot stopper as people make him out to be. To be completely honest, mm. I, I understand why he's England's third choice goalkeeper. I don't think his shot stopping is as good. But look, I'm taking nothing away from Rashford. It was a was a great finish. So, look, what's your take on things from a Man United side of things? Are you disheartened? Are you annoyed? Has this put a dampener on on? on recent performances no no it hasn't put it down this is the league leaders these are the the. this is the team that we've all been saying for the past how many weeks we've been doing this podcast are likely going to win the Premier League mm-hmm. or at least going to be challenging for the Premier League this is Eric Tignag six months into his reign this is Arsenal three months into their project with Arteta this is to be expected um, I did think United were going to come away with a win Um so, but I'm not going to be disheartened. This is our first loss in eleven games. Mm-hmm. That's a ridiculous run for any team. Um, and we'll bounce back. We'll bounce back against Crystal Palace. We should be beating Leeds, and then we've got the we've got the uh, Carabao Cup semi-finals. Yeah, no, I, I don't think United should be disheartened. And I've seen all the tweets from the players. It's not what we were seeing last year. Oh, sorry for the performance and all this yeah. shit. It's let's lift our heads. We have to go again. We can't mm-hmm. be sad. Which is what you need, this is mentality you need, the same mentality that Ten Hag is instilling into his players. Rashford, look, there's, there's not much more we can say about Rashford. He is one of the best wingers in the world. Mm-hmm. Him and Saka are, are, are two top, top, world-class wingers uh, at, the, at this present moment in time. Um, phenomenal goal. Um, could have scored another one. He had both Ben White and Tommy Asu on strings. Um, but yeah, as Owen said... United didn't play great and they just invited pressure from Arsenal the entire game, especially after it went to two each. They seemed to sit back and want their point, much like they did against Crystal Palace. They thought that they had the job done after they had scored a goal. Yeah. Um, but I do understand it as well from a perspective. Ten Hag came out afterwards and said that we just don't have the squad depth to, and the attacking depth to compete just yet, which is fair enough. I understand that too. No disrespect to White Horse, I thought he played pretty well. Yeah. Um, his hold-up play was good and he was linking players in, but the ball never went into White Horse in the box at all. And when you've got that aerial presence, that's what you need to be doing. I thought Luke Shaw was horrible. I thought it was his worst game all season. Yeah. Um, I thought Wamasaka played all right. Could have done better for the goals, maybe, but I thought he played okay. I do think Lissandro Martinez played brilliant. Um, I saw many highlights and all as well. Like highlight reads of him there this morning, and I thought he was phenomenal. Um, and obviously a, a good goal he scored as well. 
look, United need to just take the positives from the game and move on. Arsenal were the better team on the day, and they've been the better team over the course of this league season. So there's not much more United could have done last night, but they just got to take the positives and move on. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, Connor. Um, look, there were periods in the game where United sort of got on the ball and, and tried to dictate the tempo a little bit. Um, obviously, it's it's hard to go to the Emirates. Wait, look, the Emirates is a tough hunting ground for United. It always has, it always has been. We don't tend to win at the Emirates all that often. Um, again, same question to you, as Dorn. Are, are you disheartened at all, or no? I am not disheartened to be honest. I am actually kind of positive. I think. Yes, we didn't play well, but it's a totally different team. Like last year, this side, I think when Arsenal scored that equaliser to make it 1-1 or 2-1, they were just completely collapsed and got beat 4-5-1. This team came back, they fought back. I do think the squad is huge because the squad depth, because like Weghorst, I actually thought played well. Yeah. He was disruptive, he was annoying the centre-backs, but you could tell the last 25, 30 minutes, he was out on his feet. Puffed. He was wrecked. He had done the hard work. Yeah. And we had no one to bring on for him. Mm-hmm. He had to play the full 90. If we had another striker on there, maybe a bit of pace on the counter, yeah. we would probably create more chances. Uh, I do think Arsenal are the best side in the league. And they proved it again. And for United, you know, we went unbeaten in 11 games. Or we were unbeaten in 11 games. Playing well. The Palace game was more disheartening because we probably should have won that game. Yeah. Um, but I, I think United are going places. If we can improve the squad, maybe, you know, in certain positions, I, I think people are talking about maybe... Because we're playing that out from the back, De Gea doesn't really suit it. I know De Gea, De Gea did play okay, made a few saves, but his passing isn't up to the standard, maybe Ten Hag's expecting. So I could see us maybe going for a goalkeeper. And then Wambasak, I thought, played well on Martinelli, but again, it's just distribution at times. He gives away the ball too much. Um, and then he got caught out at the back post. Martin has played well. Shaw, obviously, playing against Saka, just got destroyed. And I think if Casemiro was playing there... I think we'd at least have got a draw. Mm. I think he was vital. But I think there is positives to take. I think Garnacho should have been on earlier. I thought we should have probably went for a bit more. I think we'd have sat back as Owen and Owen were saying. We'd have sat back, take the point at Arsenal, their great side. Yeah. We probably should have been like, maybe we could cause them a bit of problem on the counter. We didn't do that. Um, but I'm definitely a, a lot of positives to take out of the game because we didn't actually play that well. But we at least could have got a point there. And I think Arsenal are the best side in the league. So... We're doing well, and under 10 high, I can only see us improving. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Owen, um, obviously, you know, Arsenal did dominate for, for large, large, large uh, parts of the game. Um, but, you know, as, as Connor said there, you know, United did fight back twice. Um, or, well, sorry, well, they scored first, yeah, and then Arsenal yeah. scored. But they, they fought back to get to 2-2, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the last five minutes, I, I was saying in the house, look, I'd bite, I'd bite somebody's yeah. hand off for, yeah. for a draw here. Um, wasn't to be obviously Arsenal then worked a well worked third goal and credit to them they, they did deserve to, to probably on the balance of play Arsenal pro- yeah. probably did yeah. deserve to win the yeah. game to be honest um, look what, what what was your assessment of Man United last night then look when United did play off the ball they had actually some nice periods of play I actually thought I know you used to scream at the time but I thought United were the better team when United scored mm. like Arsenal had a lot of the ball but they did not come with it yeah. and United looked more direct and they looked to be causing Arsenal trouble uh, bother when they were pressing but when they scored, they stopped doing that. Then Marshall scored, obviously, equalised, and Arsenal took the lead. Then they went back to playing football, mm-hmm. scored, got the equalised again, and then stopped. Like I think the last 15 minutes was brutal from United. It was like backs and forwards. It was like the coaches said, right, last defenders don't cross halfway line. We want to practice playing against a blanket defence. Yeah. And it just was like that. It was just an onslaught, as you said, yeah. for the last 15 minutes. Look at 
after the start of the season, you had, as United fans, I said this to you last night, Richie, if somebody had told you, come January, you'd be sitting third, you'd just come off, you'd lost the league leaders, but you'd, you'd been on a 10-game unbeaten run or whatever it was, yeah. you would have bit their hand off for mm-hmm. it. So I don't think United should be disheartened by the result. Look, at Arsenal has shown this year they're the best team in England. Um, so losing by a goal to them, a 90th minute goal, isn't anything to be ashamed of. So United will be all right. United do need the strength in, in certain positions. They need depth. Big time. Like, as, as you said, Casemiro. If Casemiro's gone, United revert completely. Um, like, they have no nobody. Like, McTomley and Fred aren't going to do a job Casemiro does for you. No. They need more attacking depth. You look at their bench. They don't have a striker to come on, change the game. Yeah. So, and I do agree with Connor. I do think the head doesn't suit the modern goalkeeper anymore. His distribution just, like, there's a couple of passes he, he hit, hit last night. Just... <laughs> he, was, he, was, yeah. he was trying to hit Big Dave and Rose Ed yeah. the Arsenal fan or something <laughs> he, like. he did he did so I think it's a project it's always, always going to be a project for United the new manager coming in yeah. they've had a long run now of bad seasons so mm-hmm. there's nothing to be disheartened about United it will take time as long as you just need to stick with Ted Hag the same way the Arsenal board stuck with Arteta yeah. and even, even that, maybe not next year but the year after that maybe you're, you're looking at a really strong Manchester United side yeah. back challenging for titles which they probably should be like in the scheme of one of the biggest clubs in the world. Like mm-hmm. you think of Premier League and you think Arsenal United fighting for the for the title. Like. Yeah. No, look, I I think maybe United just run out of steam last night. I know you said they're Owen, obviously, like they did just stop playing after the second goal. I I, I think that was because they were just out on their feet. They yeah. were puffed. They yeah. were fucked. They were tired. Um, like they had the, they exerted a lot of energy against Man City to try and win that game, and it paid off. They exerted a lot of energy against Crystal Palace trying to hang on to the three points and then ended up drawing the game and then like the first 60 minutes they completely exerted the energy against Arsenal like United pressed so well in that first 60 minutes against Arsenal but the last half hour was you could just see they were all out in their feet and that's the problem like you said Owen United don't have enough quality within the squad to, to come in and replace the boys that are in the starting 11 so it is going to take time. United need a, another summer transfer window, I think, to maybe get, maybe not necessarily starting players in, but players of the a quality that can come in and, and do a job whenever, yeah. you know, yeah. boys are missing. If somebody is missing, you're not seeing a massive dip in quality, which you are going At the for. minute, yeah. You are. Okay, exactly. That's just, that's just the truth of the okay, thing. It is, it is. And like, I mean, like McTominay was being linked with Newcastle there. Oh, fuck me. They can have him if they want. They should. Definitely. <laughs> they can have him if they want. 40 million, 100%. Yeah. Take it. That's forty million for us to buy a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, lads. I'll move it on then from from Arsenal and United. So congrats to Arsenal. Um, massive win. Um, Going to move to Man City and Wolves. Three 0 to Man City. They made it look easy. Sort of looked back to their best um, for large spurts of the game. But I'll I'll talk about one player in particular. Um, obviously, you can't can't talk about Man City without talking about Erling Haaland, and that's another hat trick, the fourth hat trick of his Man City career already. He's only been there six months <laughs> um, so he is the quickest player to, to hit 25 goals in the Premier League he's done this in 19, appearan- <coughs> in 19 appearances sorry, smashing the previous record by 7 games and that was Kevin Phillips who hit um, 25 Premier League goals in 26 appearances so just goes to show you um, Haaland is absolutely tearing it up at the minute um, he scored 25 goals from his first 74 shots in his Premier League career Manchester City's record goal scorer Sergio Goro scored his opening 25 league goals in his first 150 shots. So, Haaland, is he the most clinical forward in world football, Lord? Yeah, he's the best forward in world football. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he had to go and score a hat trick the week after I triple captained. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. But oh no, look, he's deadly. He's a deadly finisher. And you'll notice about any of Holland's goals this season. Look, he's got twenty five goals in the league this season. But you'll notice about any of them. None of them's a screamer. No, none of them's no. a screamer. They're all top ends or penalties or headers or something. But that's what a clinical forward does. That's what the elite forwards do. They're in the right position at all times. Um, and people will. All these stop merchants on, on Twitter and stuff will be saying, oh, he's shady when he scores top ends. McGrawney could have scored that there and all this here. Right, well, what's he meant to do? Miss it on purpose? Do you know what <laughs> I mean? No, he's an elite forward. He's, he's the best in the world. Um, and when you put the best forward in world football into an already world-class team, you're going to get world-class results. And City have bounced back after dropping off the boil. Um, like even against Spurs there the other day, it could have been very, very cagey if, mm. like, they went in 2 0 down at half time. Like, it could have been very, very cagey if that result hadn't went their way in the second half. Um, but the bounce back, a win against Spurs, a, a big win against Wolves, who I were expecting to put up a bigger fight, to be mm. honest. Yeah. Uh, under Julian Apotegi, they've looked quite defensively sound. Um, but uh, look, I wasn't expecting them to beat Mon City, but I was expecting them to, I wasn't expecting them to lose 3 mm. 0. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't do anything about the about the goals. Well, you can about the third one, um, and the penalty call wasn't everybody's taste slick. But yeah. Holland just done he, he done what was put in front of him, and he scores goals three uh, nil. Man City easy win back on track, and look two big games whenever they play Arsenal in the next few weeks. Well, that's it. That's it. Um, Owen, obviously, we criticised them over these past couple of weeks. We've, we've said they looked like, you know, City, they weren't playing the Holland strengths. Um, they weren't necessarily even playing great football. It was just passing for passing's yeah. sake, as we said. Um, but, look, there, there is a, a partnership forming within Man City. De Bruyne to Holland has uh, contributed the most goals between a duo mm-hmm. this season. That's uh, De Bruyne passing to Holland has contributed to five goals. Uh, the next from them, then, is... Uh, Jack Harrison to Rodrigo, which has produced four goals. And then the one after that then is Bruno Fernandes to Marcus Rashford to produce three goals. So mm-hmm. De Bruyne and Haaland up there amongst that those top partnerships, you know, they're really starting to um, really starting to click with one another. Um, was this just a bedding in process? Was this always just going to take a little bit of time to get right? Yeah, it was because Haaland is not the striker City's had over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like the likes of Jesus and some like you didn't know who Pep was going to play a striker half time, like you threw Phil Foden in there sometimes mm-hmm. Grealish has played in that Marius has played in that central position. So now they actually have a, a proper striker and at the start of the season they were playing well and they went off the bail again and didn't play to strength and then there's this big argument on Twitter like, Oh, Man City play worse when they have Erling Holland on the team, right? If you don't want him, I'll take him then. <laughs> um like they actually tried this new tactic against Wolves called give the ball to the best striker in the world and he will score goals. Yeah. Like um, Holland's movement is fantastic. Yeah. Like I, I love the way Oren said brought it back to the oh my granny would have scored that. No harm to you. Eighty uh, five year old Lindo was not going to lose the man the way Erling Holland does. <laughs> and that's the game. That's I Lindo. <laughs> Lindo's got Lindo's got skills. <laughs> Lindo's got pace anyway. Um, like. That's a bit of Han's game that just goes so unnoticed is his movement. Mm-hmm. Um, like He lost James Collins just from like, a wee stop and go. And Collins isn't the worst centre-back in the world. Collins actually, or Nathan Collins is uh, quite a good centre-back. He's pretty decent. Like, he cleared one off the line from uh, Grealish in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so to lose him the way he did is really good centre-forward play. And he's a finisher. Mm-hmm. He gets half a sniff and he scores. And uh, one player I want to talk about from City 
who's been fantastic over the last couple of weeks and City haven't been at their best is Raid Morris. He's nearly playing the best football he's playing he's played for City at the minute. Um, he's probably him, he's probably now cemented himself in that start eleven, which is very hard to do, especially under Pep. He just likes to uh, tinker with the team a lot. So I think Mares has been key to City, kind of getting back on form here. He was he was great during the week. He got two assists. Uh, sorry, he only he got one assist uh, yesterday against Wolves. Yep. So I think Mares has been fantastic for City so far this season. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I would completely agree with you. Connor, Kevin De Bruyne, he's now just three three assists away from a Premier League century of yeah. assists. Um, he and Jack Grealish last night, um, they, they, they really run the show for City. The two of them were absolutely excellent, I thought. Um, what, what did you notice that was a little bit different about City yesterday than has been in, in recent weeks? Um, well, obviously, Holland has the difference when he's starting to play well. He's going to score goals and they're going to win games. But, yeah, as you said, De Bruyne, it's just about... As we said, they're overplaying if they play the ball through quicker. Mares and Grealish on the wings are playing really well, mm-hmm. even against Spurs. Like Mares was superb. Um and Grealish, as you said, was really key contribution yesterday. Um and De Bruyne they've won, like I couldn't believe it. Like he has ten assists in the last five seasons in a row. And like you wouldn't really have thought he kinda goes under the radar because he gets so many assists. Yep. It's kinda like, oh he just he's just gonna do that, so nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. Um and then he almost got set up another one to Mares. Uh, but with City, it's just it's just about intensity. I thought Wolves were poor. Um, even their manager came out and said they kind of set up defensively, and then once they conceded, they were like, right, we'll go for it. Made a few changes, and it made no difference. Mm-hmm. And the game was over. They took Holland off after sixty minutes. Um, City, they didn't even need to really do anything. The last thirty, they didn't really create much. But sure, the game was over three nil. Um, and Holland's just proven that he's so clinical. Like one in every three shots he scores. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Even if it is toppings, like that is ridiculous because like you look at like players like Darwin Nunes and all, he's not scoring the toppings, he's missing them. So you still have to be there. You still have to score them as movements class. I do think Mares has been key the last few games, especially against Tottenham, because I, w- I watched that Tottenham game and I thought they were very poor first half. Mm. But once they played a bit quicker, you know, with more intensity, get the ball into the Grealish's Mares's feet, get at the fullbacks, get the ball into the box to Holland they're a far better side. Because against United, as we said, they were too lackadaisical, they were too, oh, we'll just dominate possession. And that didn't really create much. But now, this is City side that could go on and just win a lot of games and put Arsenal under severe pressure. Yeah, I would completely agree with you. Oren, from the Wolves' perspective then, obviously, like you said, you expect the Wolves to put up a little bit more of a fight because they have been very defensively sound under under Lapitagi so far. Um, but look, it's always going to be a struggle, obviously, when you go to the Etihad and you have to play Man City, no matter what kind of form they're in. But um, have you been impressed with Wolves under Lapitagi then, thus far? Yeah, I have. Um, look, they've made a couple of key signings that we've talked about in the last few episodes of the bottom mids as well. Um, and they're only going to improve Wolves. Um likes of Pablo Sarabia and look Mario Lamina didn't play his greatest football yesterday when he made his debut against City but look as you said how is any midfielder in the world meant to dominate against Manchester City's midfield um, but yeah look Wolves can take promise as well they had a couple of mishaps in the game but when everyone talked about Nathan Collins like I think Nathan Collins is phenomenal Yeah, I, th- I think the the centre-back partnership of Collins and Kilman is probably one of the most stable centre-back partnerships in the league. Might ensure it by the amount of goals conceded and stuff, but like I would take them both at United if, if I could, do you know what I mean? Um, so look, they've, they've got plenty of young players, they've got plenty of players coming through, plenty of experienced heads there. 
look Wolves would be absolutely fine this season a 3-0 a, a loss against Manchester City was never ever going to define Wolves season anyway no. that's a loss that's yeah. expected mm-hmm. yeah. so all they can do is keep their heads up and move on yeah uh, Owen oh, they, they do look the only thing with Wolves and I think the only criticism I've seen from uh, Wolves and fans on Twitter is just uh, their their lack of a goal scorer really they've, yeah. they've been relying on Podence uh, these last few weeks to sort of get them through games whereas you know Cunha's not really come in and hit the ground running and um, obviously you know big Kalajic that's injured you know he would have been a big help to them as well Jimenez doesn't really score goals anymore so no. does the lack of a goal scorer concern you with Wolves or do you think look these the, like the likes of Cunha just needs a wee bit of time yeah, I think the likes of Cunha just need time. Like, unfortunately, him needs that real bad head injury against Arsenal, and that kind of signified the end of his career. Because before that, he was a great goal scorer for Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, look at as Orn said, the Etihad wasn't going to define Wolves' season. You go there, you get a point, happy days. That's a great bonus territory. The every team is at the bottom of the table goes to the Etihad expecting to lose realistically. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to dishearten them too much. Since Lopetegui has come in, they've been playing decent football. They've been picking up results. Um, like they put it up against United. They've got a couple of big wins. They got a good win against Aver- away to Everton. So I do think Wolves. I do think Wolves will be fine. I think they will are defensively sound. They shipped three goals yesterday, but yeah. I think they will stop shipping goals. And look, at, you just need a player like Cunha to get his first, and then a second, and then floodgates will start to open. You just need players to hit hit their form. Some players aren't on form at the moment, but that will come for Wolves. Mm-hmm. I do think Wolves will be okay. They've got more than enough quality in that team to keep them keep them well away from the relegation zone. So I know they're only they're sitting barely above it at the minute, but I think Wolves will be fine. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Connor, um look there's still as as Owen mentioned there are still some people to come back for, for Wolves. Pedro Neto still to come back in and he is undoubtedly, you know, one of the best youngsters in, in the Premier League. Um what do you think about Wolves then under Lopetegui? Um, obviously, they, they are just above the relegation zone at the minute, but do you think it's going to be a scrap for them or should they have enough to be safe and sound? See, when you just when you just can't get the goals like a striker, um, as you said, we said they're missing like a Jimenez who was flying before the head injury. It is going to be tough. They're probably going to be in and around there, but I think they'll be okay yeah. because they do have a lot of talent in there. They just need to create more. Defensively, they are really sound. I'd say Collins is a very underrated centre-back, very... Mm-hmm. Very good centre back this season, and um, with Kilman as well. Very good centre back as well. So, I think and the Saw as well. He's a good keeper. He made a mistake yesterday, but this happened. These things happen. But mm-hmm. um, I'd say they'll be okay, and I think they'll stay up. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right, lads. Moving on then to Liverpool and Chelsea. Um, <laughs> the battle of mid table. <laughs> <laughs> um, not the best game of football, to be completely honest. Um, sort of. Regret tuning into that one, to be honest. It was very, very boring. Not a whole, not a whole pile going on within that game. Um, both sides with with poor XG. Liverpool with only 1.4. Chelsea with 1.6. Liverpool with 15 shots. Chelsea with 11. The worst thing about the game was that of those 15 shots for Liverpool, three were on target. And of those 11 for Chelsea, two were on target. Chelsea had more of the ball with 52% um, possession to Liverpool's 48. But I'm sure... Michaelo Mudrick will be hoping that he'll have more exciting games in his eight and a half years at Chelsea. Oren, what's your verdict on these two teams? Both struggling teams. Um, they were both very timid in their, in their outlook to yesterday's game. Uh, just when you talk about Michaelo Mudrick, he played brilliant when he came on. Yeah, he showed awesome. a lot of glimpses of why so much money was paid for him. 
look, it's not going to. Thirty minutes isn't going to justify his his price tag. Don't get me wrong, but look, he showed glimpses of what he can do, and he's definitely going to be a threat to Premier League defenders. Um, but then again, he was up against a thirty-seven-year-old midfielder who was playing right back in James Milner. Um, I don't know what was going on yesterday to tell you the truth, or on Saturday. Um, I didn't understand Jurgen Klopp's setup. Um, not starting Alexander Arnold. Uh, not starting Nunes, even though he was fit. Um, look, both teams are in a bad, bad run of form. I'm not complaining by any means. Um, but I don't know. It was just what it, what frustrates me about that is like we're all football fans. We've all went and seen our teams play, and we've all paid big money to go and see our teams play, and we've paid that that big money because we've travelled from. The North of Ireland go and watch their teams play, and I would say there was multiple, multiple fans at that stadium, at, at Anfield Stadium, that had paid to come from the likes of Ireland and to come from Scotland, to come from wherever to go and see a t- a, a a match that is usually exciting between two of the biggest clubs in England, two of the biggest clubs in the world, and they've paid all that money to see that absolute tripe. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not much can be said about that, and I don't really want to talk about it further, to tell you the truth. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Owen? Look, let's call, call a spade a spade. It's two bad teams. Yeah. Two really bad teams at the minute. There's no attraction to watch Liverpool and Chelsea at the minute other than the fact that their names are Liverpool and Chelsea. Like, they're, what, sitting ninth and tenth on the table or whatever. They're just There's no entertainment value... It was, just, it was just crap. Yeah. Like, thankfully, sat there playing Craddock Morton at the time, so I could watch it. Uh, I, I got to see goals in, it, <laughs> in that game. Uh, um, but like, it was just, it was just so boring. I was like, even the highlights, like you call them highlights. Too <laughs> um, Like, Chelsea had a goal disallowed. Okay. And even even the goal disallowed was just a crap goal. goal anyway, yeah. there was no, there was no creativity. There was no spark other than when Mudrick came on. Mudrick was the only reason to watch that game. He mm. was the only person. Who tried to grab it by the balls and make something happen? Oh, there's just nothing you can really say about no. it. Like it was, it was two bad teams on fully display of being bad teams. Yeah, there's not there's not a whole pile more you can say about them, really, Connor. <laughs> Look, uh, this is Jurgen Klopp. That was his thousandth game, yeah. um, and and professional in charge of a professional football game, and, and it ends in a draw. So disappointing for him and on, on a personal aspect. But look, it's like we were saying, both these sides are per rut, um, but. Look, where, where where do both teams go really? Like, what's what's the best hope for for both of these sides for this season? Um, yeah, it was a dreadful game of football. Uh, best uh, Liverpool maybe top six, Chelsea top six. I don't see either side challenging top four. No, very, I, don't, I don't see either of them challenging top six. To be honest, a very very poor game. Um, Klopp came out after the game too, and he was really like positive. Mm-hmm. He was like, we played better and stuff, but. If that's playing better, then how bad? That shows how bad Liverpool have been. Yeah, you, you played better by having yeah. one more shot on target. I thought like, like Salah was happened to Salah. He's so quiet in the game. Their midfield was again just dreadful. dreadful they can't yeah. control a game. They can't get any ball in midfield. They started a youngster over Fabinho. That's how poor he's been. Um, Gakpo was lively enough, but his shooting was dreadful. He's just came into a side that has low confidence. So, well, it's uh, tough for him. Like, but. I did expect him maybe to hit the ground to rolling. kick on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, Mudrick was probably the changing point. He played well. He probably could have scored the quick feet. was unbelievable. He probably yeah. should have finished it. Um, 
he was up against Milner, like to be honest. Once Milner went off, Arnold kind of had him okay. You know, he didn't really do much after that. Yeah. Uh, Arnold was apparently injured. I thought Nunes came on, he done nothing. Uh, I seen like people were saying on Twitter and stuff. Oh, Nunes comes on, Liverpool play better. I don't. I didn't see that. I thought he didn't do anything. Um, just a dreadful game. I'll spell it quick. I got his 500th game for Chelsea. Like these are the only things that come out of this game. Oh, Klopp got a thousand games. Like nothing actually happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they disallowed goal after three minutes. Thiago Silva was unbelievable. To be fair to him, yeah. he has been. He's been. I thought when he came, came when he came to the Prem, I was like, oh, he's too old. He'll not be good enough. Mm-hmm. But he just was everywhere. And even when Liverpool did get a slight chance, he was there to get a block. Like or Chelsea clearance. would probably need to look at another yeah. year extension on. Can on you Thiago imagine? Silva, like. Can you imagine they didn't have him? Like. Where would they be? Like fifteenth? They're, you know. Yeah, I thought Connor Gallagher played okay. He just runs about, makes a few tackles. He gets booked every game. You know, it's just part of this. <laughs> just runs about, makes a few tackles. Fair play, though. And then he uh, he tried, lad. Like Jorginho just does, looks like he does nothing. He just yeah, stands there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just nothing to say about this game. Just it's dreadful. So weird. Like we should be talking about yeah. this. Is probably the best game this week. Yeah. It's just not the way it is anymore. To be fair, well, this is the third time in a row they've drawn nil-nil. Look, yeah. put, put it like this, right? So then the attack and sequence involvements in the game, this is according to Opta. Mohamed Salah played 90 minutes, right? He created one chance and was part of one build-up to a shot. So he was only involved in two attacks in the game. Thiago Silva, who's a fucking centre-back, had one shot and one chance creation. <laughs> what does that tell you? Mm-hmm. Just crazy. He's equaling Salah's numbers within a game. Cody Gakbo, six shots within the game, one on target. This is drastically, drastically bad. These two teams are terrible. Like I'm, like I'm sorry if you're a Liverpool or Chelsea fan, you're just gonna have to accept that your teams are shit. Who do you, who do you think though? <laughs> he's not, he's not wrong. Like, they're, they're crap. Like, like, I was gonna ask who do you think like has more likelihood to maybe get to the top six? Probably that- Liverpool. But, but just because yeah, because the players coming back better manager they still have players to come yeah. back and I'd like to hope that some of these guys hit form again like Salah's obviously fucking an elite level forward he shouldn't be playing as bad as what he is at the minute so I do expect Salah to start hitting form at some stage but I would probably say Liverpool I just think they're a wee bit more like secure than Chelsea yeah. um, Chelsea are still in that sort of real weird transition period um, where they're buying players that they don't need um, like they've just signed Madueke. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that on th- on, on the, the transfer podcast. But like again, you can make an 11, you can make a starting 11 out of players that have played on the wing or play on the wing for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just buying an excessive amount of players in the one position that you don't need. I, I just don't get it with Chelsea, but fuck them, I don't care about them anyway. All right, move it on then from the, that absolute <laughs> draws. <laughs> and we're going to start going to some decent games um, in the Premier League <laughs> alright um, I'll go to um, West Ham and Everton guys um, 2-0 to West Ham this was a big game big relegation scrap um, Moyes managed to come out of it with a win um, Everton they've now gone 8 Premier League games without a win that's 2 draws 6 losses and, and it looks today the news is broke like Frank, Frank Lampard's going to get the going to get the boot Oren look I think we'll, we'll start with Everton rather than, than West Ham They've, they've just signed Dan Juma. He's going to be coming in now. He's going to undoubtedly add goals. But I sort of just have to ask you the question. Are they are they going to go down? I think so. But what sense does it make to sack Lampard now after they've just signed Dan Juma and he hasn't had a chance to work with him? Because I'm guessing that's a Lampard signing. It doesn't make sense to me at all. I like, Don't get me wrong. The run of results 
in this day and age does lead to a manager being sacked. But who's going to come in for Everton and do a better job? Nobody's going to come into that Everton t- side and, well, they could keep them up, but nobody's going to come in and be successful with that Everton side. Everton is one of the biggest clubs in England. They should be nowhere near the relegation zone. Um, Denjuma will come in and he'll score goals, but it depends what system he's playing under, whether he's playing up front or whether he's playing on the wing. He'll, look, he'll make a difference, but... Moyes saved his job yesterday with that win for at least another game or two Um, I I just I don't understand like we've talked about Everton the past three or four weeks and talked about how Lampard's going to get sacked and this that and whatever and that Jesus himself couldn't come in and do a job at Everton which is true like Everton just don't have the capabilities to be beating the teams that they're coming up against that was probably the best chance though the last two games they've had Southampton and West Ham so that was probably going to be their best chance. At the, especially at this point in the season, it was crucial for them to pick up points, and they didn't. So, yeah, I can only see Everton going down, to be honest. Which is unfortunate, because they are one of the biggest teams, and they're getting this big new stadium. So they'll have some support in the championship. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I completely agree with you there, Oren. Um, look, Owen, then from the West Ham side of things, 11 shots, 4 on target. They only had 32% of the ball, um, which I'm actually quite shocked at, yeah. to be honest. Um, but... West Ham did look a lot better, especially within transition. Um, Jared Bowen showed us, you know, why why he is, you know, a, a good player within the Premier League. You know, I still don't think he's that, you know, <laughs> I still don't think he's that amazing level of player. But he definitely he scored two good goals, and I'm not going to discredit him for that. Like they were two good finishes. So, um, he's going to have to keep keep this run of form up to, to keep West Ham up, really, yeah, isn't he? He definitely is. Look, it's a big result for West Ham, a needed result for West Ham. The stop the rat a wee bit, as Orn said. Um, it did save Mice's job for a while anyway. And look at Frank's gone now. It was kind of El Sacchio that game. Whoever lost that game was gone. Like, um, look at West Ham bringing in Ings now. Hopefully, will help their goal scoring issues. Look at we know how good that West Ham team can be. They showed it last year. They show it in spits and spots this year mm-hmm. that they are a good team with good players. You'd like to think now this is a result that they can kind of uh, kick on from and uh, will drive them on to get a couple, few, pick a few more points up down the road. Look at West Ham now, it's flat out relegation scrap. Every point is massive for them. To be the relegation rival like Everton is massive. Takes them out of the relegation zone. They're going to need more big wins to come. Mm-hmm. Do they get them? I don't know. It's like I know Wings is there. It's trying to solve that goal-scoring issue. But I just don't see them being that creative. I do think there's worse teams than them, mm-hmm. so I do think they'll be safe, but they need to get their finger out yeah, and, and, and pick up points. And quick, yeah. yeah. No, agreed. agreed. Um, in terms of Everton, look, at Everton just don't have good players. Mm-hmm. That's simple as that. They, don't, they, have, they have a championship call, uh, caliber team, really. Like, yeah, well, I it think is. I, like... I think that's fair to say like, they're not scoring goals at all. No. Like, Calvert-Lewin, as, as he scored, like, I, I don't even remember looking... At a stat, and the other Calvert Lewin scored today. When was the last time Calvert Lewin scored a goal for Everton? Yeah. Like, and other than that, like, a Wobie is probably their main goal scoring threat. Or a, a Murray Gray or something. Yeah. Like, they're just not good enough for the Premier League at the minute. Mm-hmm. And they're running out of time to make signings. And if they don't make signings, so their time in the Premier League would be very, very short. Yeah. 
Connor, then again, just with Everton. Um, so with the attacking sequence involvements, um, the the top uh, the top six creators within the game, all West Ham players. Um, you had Jared Bowen had four shots. Um, Declan Rice one shot, one chance created, and two build up to shots. Uh, ben Rama again a shot, um, a chance created, and two build up. Um, but the, the the first Everton player to come up in that list is seventh in the list, and it's Alex Awobi. And Awobi had, had a shot um, and was part of a build-up to a shot. Yeri Mina then, he was the eighth with a shot and a build-up to a yeah. shot. So it's just not looking good really for Everton at the minute, is yeah. it? Like they the, just they can't get on the ball, they can't create. and it's Yeah, as you said, they don't create enough. And ever since they've lost Richarlison, they've just never really recovered. Mm-hmm. Gavin Lewin's always injured. Mopez came in, being poor for the side. Um, Awobi's actually been probably one of their best players. He's yeah. played well. A few of the centre-backs have played okay. Um, the way West Ham played, I heard David Moyes as well, he was like, they played a bit different because they bought all these new signings in the summer, like these more creative players, these expensive players, and they, they've kind of just went there 32% yeah. at home, counter-attack. We'll just, you can dominate the game. Everton started the game better, didn't really do enough, and they just got caught on the counter, first goal, and then once it got the second, the game was over. Yeah, I killed it. And Everton hit the post with a Wobie, but that was about it. And with Lampard, it is tough for him because obviously Dan Juma coming in will be a big help. I can't believe he's going to Everton, I think, on the transfer. Yeah. So I was like, no chance he wouldn't go to Everton. Yeah. I don't understand why he's going to Everton. Um, but Lampard, only 15 points in 20 games. Um, he's just been there less than a year. He hasn't done well enough. Um, they lost to Southampton and Wolves at home. So And then lost to West Ham. There are teams around them. He had his chances. He didn't deliver. Yeah. Um, sometimes You could say maybe it's not his fault. Maybe he hasn't got the players in. But it's a results business, and he hasn't got the results. And with West Ham, now they've brought Danny Ings in. I think they'll be okay. They'll do the quality. They'll probably change their play style a bit maybe. They'll play maybe a bit more... Expansively now? No, I think more like they'll just be like... With West Ham, they'll be more counter-attacking. Do you think, I think yeah. they're just going to give up the possession like they did. And they're just going to just be like, right, you can you mm-hmm. can come at us, but we'll counter you. Because when you're hearing David Boyce, he was like, we'll, change, we'll try to change our style. Because it came sixth and seventh, back-to-back seasons. Yeah. And they thought, right, we need to go to the next level here. If we're going to challenge for top four or keeping the top six, yeah. we need to play more expansive football. Mm-hmm. And it just hasn't worked. Yeah. They're just more open at the back and they've been caught out, like Rice has been caught out a few times. I know we prob- probably played better again there yesterday or Saturday. But with things, he did say as well, they brought new lease of life. Antonio played well. Yeah. Maybe that bit of pressure, Ings is coming in, you might not start the next game. You know, the- Samaka getting injured, obviously a big hurt, but with Antonio playing better, that might be Ings's impact. Yeah. Because... Bit more pressure, but with West Ham, I think they'll be fine. With Everton, it'll just be like, who do they bring in? Mm, because yeah. I don't know who they're going to bring in. Probably Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche. It, it looks which, like if he could maybe shore up the back, he could keep them up. You just don't know. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very hard to know because there is a lot of teams around the same level mm. near the bottom. So you just don't know yet who's yeah. going to go down. But at the minute, if they keep playing like this, they're going down. They're going down. Yeah. yeah. Look, at the only reason I can see Don Juma's way to Everton is his agent told him to go looking for houses in Liverpool. <laughs> And he got to Liverpool and realised he was going to Everton and was too embarrassed to say to anybody. <laughs> like the Robinho, Robinho, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, look, <laughs> Everton, Everton are in big trouble, and that it's like you said on El Sacco. <laughs> Looks like Lampard's <laughs> going to go. Moises kept his job for for an all week at least. Yeah. Um, all right, lads, just going to run through the the last few fixtures then, just uh, quickly. So, um, Oren, I'll come to you with the first one. Southampton uh, nil, Villa one. Um, that's five wins in in seven league games now for for Unai Emery. So. Looking good. Brilliant start from him. Yeah. Brilliant start from him. Um, look, he should be beating Southampton, especially Southampton in the form that they're in. He should be beating them. Um, but yeah, he's getting the best out of his forwards. Um, 
There's been fields looking solid enough. Not much can be said about Villa at the minute, apart from they're playing well and the only way is up. Mm-hmm. I agree. Don't you think, see the goal? Did you think it should have been disallowed? No. No, I didn't. I thought no. it was soft because I thought VAR was just clear and obvious. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was a bit soft. Yeah. There, there's more decisions that VAR ignores in the game than that. Yeah. So, no, never. I thought Villa were definitely the better side, but the, yeah. it shouldn't have been disallowed. No, I, I don't think so, to be honest. I think I was harsh <laughs> against, uh, against Southampton, but. Look, I suppose these are those that we, we find margins that, you know, can win you points and lose you points. And, yeah. and uh, look, unfortunately, Southampton were on the receiving end of it there. But look, I'm sure they'll get one back. Just shows the inconsistency, stage. though. Yeah, that's the inconsistency. Like, if that was in the opposition box and he'd done that push, there's no way they would have given a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. So no, why is it a... It's just, Look, at, and honestly, that is the thing. Like we, that we we could have we could do a full podcast on VAR, and, break, and we probably and, will. At some and stage. we probably will at <laughs> yeah. some stage, and we could break down every poor decision by VAR this year. And look, I, I've said it for years. If VAR was used more like the TMO in rugby. I think it could be successful, yeah. but it's not. So it's, it's not, not successful. It's not, it's not transparent enough. You, you no. should be able to hear the conversation as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Owen, then Leicester two, Brighton two. Um, look, Evan Evan Ferguson. He's looking fantastic at the minute. That's yeah. his third goal in, in his fifth Premier League appearance mm-hmm. with Brighton. Um, Seagulls. They stay in the top six. Um, and of course, my fantasy player of the week, Kyrie Matoma. Scored a wonder goal. Yeah, so well, tell me this, Richie. How many points did he get you yeah. this week? Come on, tell us. Well, he wasn't in my team. <laughs> like I said, I'm there not to help. I'm not here to help. No, don't myself. backtrack now, no, lad. Don't no, backtrack no. now. No. I'm not here to help myself. I'm here to help the viewership oh, at home. Um, and I got a couple of lovely messages this week from people who have said that's four from five. I'm banging it at the minute. Um, but yes, everybody was in agreement with me. Trent Alexander Arnold is the shittest right back in the league, <laughs> and it's not even up for debate. Um, look at the French centre backs are shaking in the boot for these Euro qualifiers. Come on, <laughs> Evan Ferguson in form. I actually think it's not a great point for Brighton. The way the game went, get yeah, goals great, but Leicester's poor at the minute. Yeah, I think it's a game Brighton should have won. It's more valuable point for Leicester than it is for Brighton because mm-hmm. it stopped a bit of a slide for Leicester. Look, I think Leicester's still in a bit of trouble here. Um, I don't think Rodgers is getting the best of the players at the minute. I know that is my personal vendetta against Brent Rodgers. <laughs> Even if he goes on with the next 10 games, I'm still going to have a personal vendetta against Brent Rodgers. But look, it's a point for Brighton at the end of the day. Keeps them in the top six. It's a late goal that Brighton probably deserved it. The bird, the better team. Yeah. Um. Aaron Ferguson is looking really, really good for Brighton at the minute. He's looking like a fantastic find. Um. And Matoma is playing brilliantly. Like they're not going to mistrust her at all the way Matoma's playing. Yeah. So it's still looking. Things are still looking pretty rosy for Brighton to finish in that top six. And I do think they will finish in the top six. Because I do think they're just better than the teams chasing them. Mm-hmm. I think they're better than Liverpool and Chelsea at the minute. Yeah. Connor, moving it on then, Bournemouth won, Nottingham Forest won. I have to say, it was probably one of the most exciting games of football I've seen yeah, this year. Yeah. It was really, really good. Um, it was kind of like a top-of-the-table championship clash, yeah, though, the way the two teams approached the, the game. The maybe wasn't as good, but Not as good, it was more but the game end was, end. Yeah, a lot of shots. So there was 36 shots in the entire game. Sam Surridge, obviously, comes on for Forest. Against his former club, of course he scores. We yeah. slag him as well. Exactly, it's like, oh, not good enough. Exactly. Yeah, course, look, yeah. it's written in the stars. Comes on against yeah. his former club, gets the equaliser. What do you make of the game then? Well, only I've seen the highlights of the game, and it was it was exciting, like <laughs> compared to like Chelsea, Chelsea Liverpool, Liverpool, which is yeah. But um, yeah, end to end, twenty shots for Forest. Yeah, like that's the most this season by them anyway. And then sixteen, as you said, Bournemouth. Um, I thought for- Forest got a few goals disallowed. Forest are playing good football now. It's, yeah, it's weird are. because they were creating nothing. And then suddenly, they get a few players back, gives away to Gain, and uh, Johnson set up the goal. Yeah. 
Um, Bournemouth, I seen their manager was like, yeah, we've played a bit better, which they did. Their first point since November twelfth, on their or their on their first goal since November twelfth. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. Obviously, they did go a bit more attacking. Uh, the guy was it Anthony scored. Jaden, Jaden Anthony. Yeah. It was a good goal, good finish. Um, but Bournemouth kind of needed to win that. Like they did need to win that because at home to Forest, Forest are playing well, but that needed to be a win. They're yep. one 0 up. I just don't like. I put Forest down a few weeks ago. I was yep. like they're gone, but they're probably going to stay up. But I think Bournemouth now are in serious trouble. They can't mm. score goals. You know they need to win that game. So I think, although Bournemouth did play better, sixteen shots. They're still in big trouble. Exactly. Well, look, it's all well and good, you know, having your 16 shots against Forest. Yeah. You're not going to have 16 shots yeah. against, you know, even mid-table Premier League yeah, opposition. Yeah. So I think that the fact that they only scored one goal from 16 shots, and look, you could say the same thing about Forest, the fact they only scored one goal from 20 shots, it's mm-hmm. maybe not the best sign for both sides. But look, it was a very entertaining game yeah. of football, and that's about as much as you want to you wanna say about it then. Um, also, within the Premier League this weekend... Um, we had Brentford. Who did Brentford play this Leeds. week? Leeds. That yeah. was nil nil. Yeah. yeah, look, not the most exciting of games, um, obviously, but good point for both sides then, lads. What do you think? Or is this a game where Brentford will probably feel like they've dropped points? I feel Brentford will feel like they've dropped points. Brentford looked the better team in the game. They're a lot more creative than Leeds. Leeds didn't create many chances. Mm-hmm. It was a game of few chances in, ge- in general. I think uh, Koch played well for Leeds at the back. Yes. Um, he blocked, it was one time he blocked a shot, then blocked the rebounder straight again. Mm-hmm. And then there's one time uh, Rico Henry got a bit of space in the box and he went to cut it back to Tony and Koch did really well just, just to get a toe on it to, to, to get away from Tony. Other than that, the game was, wasn't was a lot of chances. Brentford probably were the better team. But look, it's a point Leeds needed. So... It helps Daddy Leeds a wee bit, so they'll be happy enough for a point against the high flame Brantford at the minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, it just wasn't the best game in the world. Like, the goal expectancy like was like 0.5 to 0.3. So just a horrible game of football. Yeah, Brantford no. didn't have a shot on target. Definitely. Uh, they did create a wee bit. Leeds are like a totally different side now under Mars. They're more defensive. Um, like Leeds have only won two of their last 16. Mm. They, they probably needed to win a game like this at home. Brantford are unbeaten in eight. Brantford are just keeping up their good run of form. Even if they don't play as well as they probably should, they're still getting points now, which yep. shows they're top side yep. and of the top manager. Um, but Leeds are in trouble as well. Mm-hmm. They can't score goals. Yep. They are better defensively this year, but under Marsh, but they need to start scoring. Bamford maybe back could be a big help if he can stay fit. Yeah. yeah. Newcastle then, um, another draw for them. Um, Look, I don't really know what to say about Newcastle here because they have been so excellent this season, but I feel like they're dropping more points now. than like These are games they should be winning. Now, look, a nice stat about Newcastle, and I'm sure Newcastle fans would absolutely applaud this stat. They have more clean sheets now than goals conceded in the Premier League. That's massive. And that's that's, congratulations to Newcastle and congratulations to Eddie Howe. He's done a fantastic job at at bringing that defence together. But I do feel like these last couple of results for Newcastle, they have dropped four points rather than pick up a full a maximum of six. I think Almiron's maybe started to slow down a wee bit. Um, their midfield's not getting as dominant of uh, as they have been in recent weeks, especially when they're in possession. Joe Linton has looked a wee bit meh. You know, he's still not clinical in front of goal, which is the one thing that will always get said about him. He's such a hard worker. He does the dog work, but he's just not clinical in front of, in front of goal. Um, yeah, lads, look, what, what, what's your take on Newcastle then? Uh, just... 
dropping points rather than picking points up. I don't know. Like, if you had to ask any Newcastle fan before the start of the season, if you wanted to be third in the table, they'd bite your hand off. Mm. Like, and I think, is it something like they haven't conceded a goal since the 12th of October or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. six clean sheets in a row. It's ridiculous. Um, look, they're, they're not losing. No, but... They're picking up points. Yes, the Newcastle we've come accustomed to this season should probably be getting three points against yeah. Crystal Palace. Same way United should have got three points against Crystal mm. Palace during the week. Palace just done the dog work again and grinded out the result. Um, but yeah, Newcastle... Look, I, I still think they're playing good football. The only thing that kind of baffled me a bit when I seen the Newcastle line-up yesterday, and I only seen the highlights, I didn't watch the full game, but I only seen the highlights, I didn't understand where they started Callum Wilson when they had Alexander Isaac on the bench, and mm. he, he scored last week. Again, I think with Isaac, he's just not... 100% fit yet I think they're just taking their time and trying to bleed him back mm. into the side rather than chuck him straight back in and then maybe he gets another big injury so Aye. I think it's just like a bleeding in process at the minute Aye. and I would probably actually still say Wilson is probably their first choice striker to be honest he's just not scoring at the minute yeah but then he's only back from injury from as injury well, too so probably like I would yeah. say an Eddie Howe's mind because he knows Callum Wilson so well and he obviously had him at Bournemouth I would still say Wilson yeah. is probably his first choice mm. Mm. um but again, they just don't want to risk another massive injury to their seventy million pound star. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a. I wouldn't say necessarily that it's four points dropped. Look, they're still picking up points, and as I said at the start, there Newcastle would bite your hand off for two points yeah. in the in them games in any of the last few years. Hmm. They would have bit your hand off for two points in hmm. them as well. But look, at the they're not losing, they're, and they're not conceding. So they are. They're not, but they're also not scoring. They've only scored once in their last four games. Yeah, yeah. that's the concerning thing for Newcastle. The great thing is they're not conceding, and that's probably the hardest thing to do in football is not concede. Yeah. But they're not scoring either, which is is a bit concerning. Look at their next game is West Ham at home. You'd think they probably should win that game, yeah, and that might get them back on track away. But yeah. they do need. I would like to see them scoring a couple of goals because the last last games nil nil uh, last week one nil against Fulham win nil nil against Arsenal nil nil against Leeds. Yeah. yeah. So I would but like. You just said they hadn't scored in four games. Scored once in four games. Yeah, did I say? Oh, sorry, I meant to say when he scored. No, once. no, no, wait, no, he did. No, he, he, he said they scored once in four games. Like, yes, Owen got it right for <laughs> once. <laughs> Fuck off! You'll never let me live that down as well. There's, there's the, thing, one. the thing about it as well, like as you were saying, the only thing that would worry me is like they might rue not getting these results because like if yeah. the team hits form like a Tottenham or something, and the pressure starts getting on. Yeah, but it is the goals. They just need to start scoring goals. Only scored one. I think it was like the ninetieth minute. So. Yeah, they're keeping clean sheets, but they need to score goals. All right, then, lads, that's it for the coverage of that. Moving on to our picks of the week, then. Connor, coming to you first. Who's the player of the week this week? See, the obvious pick would be Holland because he scored a hat trick, but I'm going to give it to Nketiah because I thought he was superb. Two goals, big game. I thought Saka as well was unbelievable, but I'm going to give it to Nketiah because he stepped up in uh, Jesus' absence. And yeah, he's really hitting four now. He's like 18 goals in like, his last 25 games for Arsenal, which isn't bad. No. Saying a lot of those maybe off the bench. So yep. he was unbelievable and he was the match winner and as we were saying about Holland maybe his two goals weren't that impressive like but it's, it was his movement yeah. and just being in the right spot mm-hmm. the right time and I thought Arsenal maybe were missing that with Jesus because he's more of a ball defeat kind of player hold up player um, but yeah Arsenal it could have been Saka it could have been Holland but I'm going to give it to Nketiah. Nketiah, yeah. Well, look, I would say, I would agree with you. I think, you know, th- this has been a, a good few weeks for Nketiah, yeah. actually. This is, it's not just as if he's had one good game. This is an no. accumulation of, of a few good weeks for Nketiah. And look, uh, look, I play striker too. And 
you need to be the one thing you need to be is you need to be in the right position. You need to be hungry to score goals, and the kid looks hungry to score and goals. And he's been clinical as well. He has, like so, you know, it's it, it, look, yeah, his goals mightn't be absolute worldies, yeah. but you know, he's doing what strikers are meant to do. He's scoring inside the box. He's a poacher. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he's definitely. It's a good thing Arsenal kept a hold of him because yeah. he's been a, he's been more of an asset than a hindrance for them this definitely. season. So yeah, completely agree with you. I think Kenny was absolutely fantastic this week. Owen, cream of the cream, boob of the week. Who's the biggest boob in the Premier League this week? I'm tempted to give it to both to Liverpool and Chelsea just for the trite that should serve on Saturday morning. But I'm gonna go uh, Jose Sa for just the brain fart and thinking Riyad Mahrez was wearing his <laughs> jersey for some reason. And, uh, for Holland's hat trick, so Jose Saw, congratulations, you are the cream of the cream, boom of the week, which means you're going to have a worldly game next it's week. Next <laughs> week. Yeah. Get into your fantasy teams. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, on to my fantasy pick of the week then. Uh, hmm. I'm four from five. I want to go five from six here. So, uh, who to go? <laughs> who do United have next week? Palace and Leeds. Double game week. Palace and Leeds. Yeah. Both at home. Both at home. Both at home. Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah since Ronaldo's left, he's been more yeah. influential. Yeah. Gonna go Bruno. Get Bruno into your teams. I mightn't have Bruno in my team. <laughs> but you <laughs> should definitely him. have Bruno in your teams. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'll go Bruno. Um, he's been on a really good run of form recently. Looks like United's most creative outlet. Um, and yeah, just, just like you were saying there, Connor. yesterday. Yeah. But, and from Ronaldo's left, he does look like the shackles have come off him again, and, he, and he's that player from a few years ago, um, before, you know, obviously having the pressure of Ronaldo in. But, look, I'm going to go Bruno. I think United in for a big week this week. Need to get back to winning ways, so Bruno Fernandez is going to be the man to, to kick them on and, Captain. and get them to do that. For a double game week? Yeah, mm -hmm. why not? Why not, you know? I'm going to Captain Rashford, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um because I don't think I don't even think I'll have enough to get Bruno into my team mm -hmm. with transfers or whatever. So, um, no, definitely I would go Bruno. And if 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 you have any United player, I would captain them, especially for a for a double game week. Obviously, it's it's quite obvious. So, yeah, Bruno Fernandez, my my fantasy pick of the week. Oren, your opinion of the week then? Okay, so this was news that only broke this morning, um, and it was David Ornstein that reported that. And it's that Harry Kane is looking increasingly likely, likely to sign in a new contract at Tottenham Hotspur. And my opinion of the week is that Harry Kane is showing a lack of ambition in terms of trophies by signing that new deal. I need to be careful. No, you don't. <laughs> I know, I, I totally You're an unbiased party. You don't need to be careful. Say what you feel. Yeah. Agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah, look, I mean... Spurs a couple of years ago, you know, if this contract extension had been set after they'd have been in the Champions League final, you could have went, okay, yep, fair enough, because Spurs do look like they're on the up and up, but Spurs are just in limbo at the minute, really, you know, you don't know whether they're going to keep with their manager, whether the manager's going to go, you don't know even whether the manager wants to be there, um, it's hard to know what their transfer policy is at the minute, because they're active in the market, but they're not really active in mm. the market, um, they seem to be putting the feelers out for players, but then very quickly rein it back in. Um, I think... <laughs> obviously as a Man United fan I would love Keane at Man United and I think Keane would be the the perfect like go-to man next year to bring in and, and you know compete with Haaland on, on that goal scoring front so I'd love to see Keane at United um, always would love to see him but Keane's a world class player he should have he should have the ambitions of going and winning Premier Leagues and winning Champions Leagues and so far in his career he just hasn't done that and to be honest like in my opinion Keane's the best striker to have ever played in the Premier League 
but it, he's never going to get that credit because the one thing people are always going to say is, yeah, well, medal. he never Where's won medal? a trophy. Mm-hmm. So even Shearer got a Premier League. Exactly. Yeah. And like, if he breaks Shearer's record, you know, if you're the top goal scorer in the Premier League, you're the best. You are the best striker in the Premier League. There's no doubt about it. At the minute, it's Shearer. But when Kane inevitably breaks that record, Kane will be the best forward in the Premier League. But you can bet your ass there'll be a debate because people will say, well... It's the same with Steven Gerrard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, never won a trophy. I don't understand you know? why he would sign a contract, to be honest, because no. even the situation at the minute, they're sixth in the league. They're not exactly. going well. The manager's not really helping him either. Um, the way they're playing, will he even be there after this year? Unless he's got assurances they're going to spend money and Conte is going to sign a new deal. I just don't understand it. Like, why wouldn't he go to... If he wants to do the Premier League thing, why doesn't he go to, like, a United, where he's going to probably score more goals, hmm. you know, play under a good manager? Has more, in my opinion, more of a chance to win trophies yeah, at United. trophies will be there as well. I, like, Tottenham are just... I don't see where Tottenham are going. I think they're just going down, to be honest. Yeah. I just don't see mm-hmm. what's positive about Tottenham at the minute, as you were saying. Um, well, like Tottenham don't even have assurances that they're going to be in the Champions League next like, season yeah. either, you know? Yeah, from his personal perspective, it probably makes sense in terms of breaking Shearer's yeah. record. But from an ambitious and honorary sense, it makes no it makes sense. No sense, sense to be honest. You can't have a career of Harry Kane and not win a trophy, which he yeah. hasn't done. He's won yeah. no trophies yeah. in his career, not even a League Cup or Community Shield or the something. Asia Cup, he's won it. Yeah. But, but that's the thing, like, he's undoubted. Like, well, he, I don't know if it's undoubted, but like he, a lot of people view him as Tottenham's greatest player ever. Yeah, well, he's, he's broke, there, he's like, broke yeah. Jimmy Greaves' record. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, the best player to ever play for Tottenham. To ever for Tottenham, yeah. yeah. Like um, he's fifteen goals this season. Yeah, in that team, that's yeah. crazy how good he is. Like, like this period of of having Harry Kane and having Son Heung Min and having the players that they've had, Deli Ali, Christian Eriksen, you know, and to not win a trophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it is it's criminal almost. Yeah, it's robbery. They only made one final Fully. as well. I think the Champions League the Champions semi-final. They weren't even semi-final close in any yeah. other ones. They mm-hmm. kept losing semi-finals to like Chelsea. Well, they were in the League Cup League final, final a couple of years ago. Lost to City. Yeah. That's right. Didn't oh, yeah. lecture the sack Mourinho like that's right. a, week, oh, yeah. a week before yeah. the final. That's right. So they give him like no chance. No, the sack Mourinho. And Mourinho would have won that final. Yeah, yeah. it was a tight game. Thing, I say, remember one yeah. If seven, there's one thing Jose Mourinho can do, win finals. he can win finals. Yeah. Who did they have? Ryan Mason at the helm yeah. for, yeah. for the final. Yeah, yeah. madness, madness. You know, second probably one of the most successful managers ever. A week before a final, sack him off to the final. Yeah, who cares if you sack him off to the final? Even if he's won a trophy. Yeah, yeah, even if you win, like we don't move at all, just sack him. But that, <laughs> hey, what the hell was <laughs> that decision crazy. about? Hey, you're already admitting defeat there before you've even kicked the ball. Yeah. Like you yeah. know, so crazy. But what has changed as well? Because he was looking out, he's looking to go to City. So yeah. what has changed now that makes him think? Oh, well, I seen a lot of things on Twitter this morning when it was brought out. Potch. and uh, well, I've seen about Potch coming back, and obviously there's going to be that connection. Obviously, he's, he's currently he probably trending. played his best football he's, under under yeah. Pochettino. He's currently trending on Twitter. Pochettino, Pochettino so is. There must be something happening here. But I also yeah. seen. Harry Kane's agent is his brother. And Harry Kane is the only football representative that his brother has. And I've seen a lot of things saying, look, obviously, I don't know what his brother does. I don't know the job of an agent or whatever. But I've just seen a lot of football fans speculating that is his brother taking the easy way out by getting a new contract rather than having to deal with another club and, I don't know, do his job. Who knows? Yeah. What it does to me, and I would say to the general football fans, show a lack of ambition from Harry Kane's perspective. Like as as Richie said, like Harry Kane is one of the best strikers world football has ever seen. 
let alone the Premier League, he's one of the best strikers world football has ever seen. Not completely. He's been world class for the last five years. Exactly. Oh, longer. Yeah. Longer. 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 And this is the bottom line. He hasn't won anything. No. And he's deciding, no, I think I'm going to stay at Spurs. Don't get me wrong. It shows his loyalty for the club. The Spurs fans will be buzzing with that because it is a massive coup to keep him at your club. Yeah. But they need to be realistic too. Do they think they're hindering Kane's chances of winning a trophy? I would say they are. I would say Tottenham hinders Kane's chances as much as... Because Kane, Kane does his job. As you said, Dorman, Kane's got 15 goals this season yeah. in a shite Spurs team. So he's doing mm. his job. Yeah. It's the players around him and the coaches and stuff around him that clearly aren't doing enough for Harry Kane. So for me, yeah. if he wants to win trophies, he needs to leave Spurs. Yeah. So my opinion of the week is Harry Kane's showing a lack of ambition by signing a new contract at Tottenham yeah. Hotspur. I'd agree. I'd agree. Agreed. I'm um, going to have a new section then this mm-hmm. week, folks. Um, and we will also, you will see this section on Instagram and TikTok as well. Uh, we'll be doing plenty of these over the next few weeks. This is Guess the Player by Their Career Path. Um, we've, we've seen this on, on TikTok and Instagram and we thought, here, why don't we give it a go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so for the folks at home, this is how we're going to do it. I've got five clues about uh, a player in world football. Um, not necessarily playing currently, but... You'll understand as it goes on. I'm giving you all one guess, okay? You can buzz in at any time in these five clues, but I'm only giving you one guess. Um, if you get it wrong, you're out, and whoever's left will stay in. Uh, fans at home, you can play along too. Um, let us know if you get it. Let us know on your Instagrams and on, on Twitter and stuff. I think we should crack on, okay? So the first clue. This is probably the easiest. We've got three of these. The first clue. I began my career playing in the fourth division of Spanish football before playing in La Liga a year later. Anybody want to jump in? No. No. Okay. Number two. I have played in the top division in Spain, Italy and England. Number three. My most successful trophy-laden spell was at Juventus, where I won three Serie A titles... Two Super Cup, Super Coppa Italias, and the Coppa Italia. This is a hard start. <laughs> My mom said this should, is the should, easiest. No, one. I should be getting it here now. Okay. Number four, I am a World Cup and Euros winner. Be Ben, I'll be Ben. Uh, uh, oh. Go on, Dorman. Uh, again. Oh, Dorman's out. Uh, Are you sure you want to come in? No, no, no. We think it's the same though. No. Word. The last clue so should be getting this. Should be getting this. You should be getting this. Wait, you, Juventus? Juventus, yeah. And he's played in... He's played in Spain, Italy and England. Spain, oh, Italy and England. In the top Is it Alvaro Morata? No, you're out, lad. Oh, Why did you say that? Listen to the fifth clue. <laughs> Owen, I became a cult hero at Tottenham Hotspur, playing a vital role in their Champions League final route. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> oh, I know it now. Oh, for you have to know it. Sake. You know it. You know it. Don't tell him because he doesn't know it. it Look at his face. Yeah, got it too. Yeah. So read, the, read the final. Okay, so I'm going to read all five. Right. 
I began my career playing in the fourth division of Spanish football before playing mm-hmm. in La Liga a year later. Yeah. I played in the top division of Spain, Italy and England. My most successful trophy-laden spell was at Juventus, where I won three Serie A titles, two Supercoppa Italias and the Coppa Italia. I am a World Cup and Euros winner. I became a cult hero at Tottenham Hotspur, playing a vital role in their Champions League final route. It has to be Spanish. When, when you hear the name, you'll be like, you'll know straight away. Who the hell was Spanish playing for Tottenham? I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Yeah. So. Timer. We both Five... Four, three, two. Roberto Soldado. I don't want to stop. Play for Tottenham. Boys, Fernando Llorente. Fernando Llorente. So let me know at home if you got that right as well. Okay, on to the second one. Bit more difficult. Well, okay. Fuck that first one was tough. <laughs> oh, was tough. I didn't think it was, but I suppose I'm the one who made this. Like, so I knew you're reading this the entire time. <laughs> Number one. I have accumulated over 100 million euros worth of transfer fees in my career. Of Aaron Rada. Out. Nah. <laughs> Number two. Go bigger, go home. I began my career at Braga in Portugal before moving to Spain for the next seven years, excluding loans. And I am currently in the Premier League. No guesses? No, it's better keeping it safe. Number three. I am a two-time Premier League winner, two-time La Liga winner, and a three-time UEFA Super Cup winner, among others, despite only ever winning one European competition, which was the Europa League. So he's won the Super Cup three times, even though he's only won one Europa League. No guesses? No. Number four. I have represented both Spain and Brazil... At international level. Dorman. Would you say Brazil and Spain? Yeah. Diego Costa. Diego Costa. I was just about to say. I said Diego Costa. You took about half an hour. He got like 30 seconds of this. Yeah, that's because you were both I was just about to get it. I honestly was about to say Diego Costa. That's crazy. I'll give you both a point. I'll give you both a point. I'm not taking any chances. If I know what I'm saying, that's the, l- the last clue would have been, uh, been employed by Atletico Madrid on three separate yeah. occasions. I- I'm still convinced it's Alvaro Morata. No <laughs> <laughs> okay, the final one. Now listen carefully, right? So it's 1-1-0. One, one, okay, we'll do a tally of these until the end. Don't want to stop shaking your head, would you? But you wouldn't see in a quiz show. Somebody oh, you big somebody baby, would you stop? You took about half an hour to answer. <laughs> Ten seconds. Fuck off, Dorman, would you? <laughs> Dorman, you're out, lad. <laughs> okay. Number one. I have played alongside Jeremy Menez, Rivaldo, Mario Balotelli, Thierry Henry, and Kostas Simikas. Number two. I am a Champions League winner. Number three. I began my professional career in the Belgian Premier League. Anybody? No, no. This is probably the hardest. Number four. I am a three-time Premier League winner and I partnered Patrick Vieira in midfield in my first season at my Premier League club. No guesses. 
I'm trying to take a blank because Vieira played for more than just Arsenal, just didn't City he? as well. City, yeah. yeah. Number five. I captained my national team to victory in the African Cup of Nations in 2015. Buzz and Dorman. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tori. Yeah, yeah, Tori. Well in Dorman. Well in. When did Yaya Torre play with Patrick Vieira? Silly. That's silly. 2010, 2011. Was Patrick Vieira still playing football at that yeah. stage? 2010, 2011. He, he played play with Patrick Vieira. Played with Henri at Barcelona. Yeah. Oh. He also played with Ronaldinho. He played with Rivaldo at his first spell at Olympiacos. I was going And he played with uh, Jeremy Menez at um, Monaco. I was going to go Colo. That was a good one. I was going to go Colo there. <laughs> Just Nice at Ivory Coast. And he played with Costa Semikas when he last played for Olympiacos before he moved to China. Right, okay. And then obviously Balotelli at, at Manchester City. Oh, yeah. right. So we have Dorman on two points. Richie on one point, controversially. But <laughs> also still on one we'll point. give it to him. <laughs> Are you doing guilty? I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> when somebody balls us in, they're like, I don't see somebody come in and go in. I don't, don't, don't. All right, Dorman, don't cry. <laughs> don't make, I might have a good time when I cry after this, lads. <laughs> don't mind me, I'm just looking for the buzzer on this table. <laughs> And you got zero. So we're on two, one, zero going into next week. Okay, uh, folks at home, let us know if you enjoyed that section. Um, we're going to do some more on TikTok and on Instagram and Twitter, whatever, as, as Connor said. Um, but yeah, keep your own tally and, and let us know how you get on to. Uh, do our predictions then, lads? Yeah. Let's do our predictions. Yeah, locally, locally. Uh, so we've already done our prediction for, <laughs> for Fulham and Spurs tonight. All right, then. So uh, the game week starts on Friday the 3rd of February. That's Chelsea at home to Fulham. Owen? Chelsea. Owen? Draw. 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 I'm going to go Fulham. Uh, Saturday the 4th of February then. We have Everton at home to Arsenal. Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal, yeah. Uh, Villa at home to Leicester. Villa. Villa Villa I'll go Villa too uh, Brentford at home to Southampton Draw Brentford Brentford I'm going to go Southampton uh, Brighton at home to Bournemouth Brighton Draw Brighton I'm going to go Brighton United at home to Crystal Palace United uh, United United Yeah I'll go United uh, Wolves at home to Liverpool Wolves. Draw. Draw. Wolves. Newcastle at home to West Ham. Newcastle. Draw. Newcastle. Go Newcastle as well. Forest at home to Leeds. Leeds. Forest. Forest. Gotta go draw. Spurs at home to City. City. Uh, City. Yeah, City. Draw. Mm, I was I was contemplating yeah. a draw. Yeah. I don't think Spurs will win. No, I, don't I think it was contemplating either. a draw just after the last result. Yeah. And then the final game of that game week, Man United at home to Leeds. Oh, United will thrash them. Like seven 0 Fair. United, yeah. Yeah, Man U, yeah. Yeah, United. Man U. They're both United's boys. Blast from the past. <laughs>
Yes, so that's going to do it for this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Um, again, really appreciate all the support that we're getting. Um, it was nice to get a, a few messages this week from a few people mm. telling us how much they've been enjoying the podcast. So thank you so much for that there. We, we, we really, really appreciate it. Um, we've got a couple of new shows that we're tying, tying around with. We've got a couple of, of interviews and stuff that we want to try and get set up mm-hmm. over, over the next couple of weeks. Um, please check us out again on the Powerless Sports app. We have a lot of good content up there with a lot of good content creators. In the past week as well. In the past week, loads. yeah. Going to be working with a lot more big content creators now for you as well. So um, tune in for for some of them too. Um, and again, we just it is just a massive thank you. We we really do appreciate all the support and all the listeners that we keep getting. Um, you know, it makes us feel like we're doing our job right, and that um, you know it's giving you good content to listen to. So thank you very much. And once again, keep it bottom bins. Keep it bottom keep bins. It bottom bins. bins.